Kieran. And I'm Eve. This is Kitchen Table Cult. We're two quiverful escapees talk about our experiences in the cultish underbelly of the religious right. Recording so live from fun. Oakland. Live from Oakland, California. It it's Kirsten Saturday Day night. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> yes. We haven't even had tequila yet. No, we haven't. No. This is gonna be a great time, y'all. Be excited. Okay, cheers. Cheers. Yep. So we are going to have some fun. Yeah, you brought some cool things. I did. From I brought, your mom. I brought this this my mother's gave me right before I got on the plane. I stayed the night at my folks' house in Richmond because that was the cheapest way to get to Oakland. And she's like, hey, I got some things that just came in the mail. Um, you should take this and use it for your podcast. And I was like, oh, yes. In case you can't see, this is the Above Rubies. Well, and for the people listening. Magazine, yeah. <laughs> and for the people We're going to hold it to the microphone. This is the Above Rubies magazine. <laughs> You're welcome, Erin. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, is this issue 96, and they only publish... Uh, if you're not familiar with Above Ruiz, this is published by Nancy Campbell, who um, is the self-titled editress. Um, she is uh, a homesteading, quiverful mom of many. She's originally from New Zealand, and she's got like a million kids. Yeah, do we the, know how many? I don't think I know how many. I think it's like 13 or 14-ish. There's a lot. There's a lot of them, but each of her kids has many, many, many kids. Um, and um, these magazine issues come out when they have funding from their donations to um, print one when they have enough stories, when they have enough money, and they send them out full color. They're usually like, I don't know. They're, they're very like well done. 30 pages? Yeah, they're 31 pages. And... Um, I've been, I like, every single time I was constipated as a kid, this is what I was reading. <laughs> um, so these are, yeah, they're just. Yeah, so what is, what is, what is above rubies? What do well, they contain? you know the Proverbs 31 woman, her mm-hmm. price is above, ru- above right. rubies. So they're, like, try, it's about, like, how to inspire women to be like that. So this issue, um, the, <laughs> the title stories are, Are They All Yours? When Your World Falls Apart. A Young Mother's Musings, Generational Turnaround, Is the Unborn Part of the Mother's Body, Yes. Laughter in the Home, Your Life is Planned by God, Too Good to Throw Away, Our Amazing Down Syndrome Baby, Ooh, Oh my God, I missed porn, that one. Oh and my God. Birth Stories. And they, like, it's like a minimum requirement for this ish, these, these magazines to have one uh, reversal porn story where it's like God saved our family because my husband had a reversal and then we our marriage got better. And what do we mean by reversal? We don't necessarily mean like a vasectomy. It reversal. means the inverse of a vasect- vasectomy. So you have to have surgery in your balls twice. <laughs> or or a lot of times it's just people who's like, oh, my husband like didn't want me to have more kids, but I felt like God needed me to have more kids, and then I had more kids, and now he's okay with it. No, but literally like a reversal is yeah, the, name yeah. of the medical procedure. Yeah, no, that is also yeah, the thing. yeah, but. Yeah, so it's yeah. both. Um, One of the stories was about this woman who, like, had three kids and then had a miscarriage, and then her husband was like, well, we can try for another one. And she was like, I don't want us to have a pity baby. And then they read Nancy Campbell's book, and he was like, okay, we should have kids. And then they had, like, five more kids. It's a pity baby. It's, yeah, it is, it's multiple pity babies, really. Yeah. 
Um, there's a, uh, from a young mother's viewpoint is a stay at home mom and her bio says Meadow is the social media manager for this thing that her, uh, that Nancy Campbell's granddaughter runs. And she is a beautiful young mother who loves fashion, but with modesty. You know, um, I think all these families are white. I think that's pretty guaranteed. Yeah. Um, occasionally they will adopt brown babies from some war-torn country and probably, like, these were trafficked kids and we'll never find out, like, what actually happened. Um, yeah, this is massive disability porn for, uh, a disability inspiration porn. Yeah. Of a baby with Down syndrome. The, the title is He is Amazing. And there's all these happy and... faces. Because there's always happy spaces. And there's like 10, 12 children. Oh, look. Can your children be saved? This is a hard question this for people. This is where we know they're not Calvinist. Yes. That's true. <laughs> this is the tell. The answer is yes. Apparently. And, and when Kieran was like, hey, guess what? What do you think they say earlier when we were looking through this? I was like, definitely you can't know. And they were like, actually. Actually, yes. Yes. Yes, they can. <laughs> and I was like. I'm disappointed in them. I I know, I know. I've heard, I feel like at one point they probably said no, but I think maybe they had a different reading of the same verses. Mm. So this has um, birth stories. We all love birth stories. It has a natural birth at last, we story number one. We all don't love birth stories. Not everyone loves birth stories. Oh, come on. <laughs> love a good birth story. God, no. I can tell some, though. <laughs> I can tell some, too. Um, this, so this, a natural birth at last. Basically, this woman had um, a bunch of miscarriages and C-sections, and apparently those are fake births, which is uh, great. It came out of you. That's all that is required. Pain happens. It, it came out of how, you. Your body was traumatized. As long as the baby is outside of you, it's been born. Yeah. You went through labor. And there's like, another one that's called my faith strengthening birth, which I'm oh choosing God. to believe that she had a, a, a an orgasm during delivery, which is possible. And um, that's all that I'm going to believe about that one. That that that's I'm not going to even read the story. Going. Oh, actually, never mind. I just read the story. He had a cleft palate. Every baby brings more blessing. And apparently it's more disability porn. Oh. Um, every baby brings more blessings. So. No, no, no. Not blessings. Blessing. More blessing. Oh, sorry. You're right. We yeah. commented on this before. Blessing. Yeah. Um, this one, a life-changing decision and seven more children for eternity. But what happens when your children are profligate like us? Right? Like, how do you... Does that worth... Is that worth your energy? I feel like that's something I should ask my parents. <laughs> Stay tuned. We're going to have a special article in Nancy Campbell's next magazine about what it's like when your children aren't worth it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Because they're not there for eternity. Yeah. Um, okay. And then Nancy Campbell does a bunch of uh, a retreats, like family camps. And so she's got five, six coming up Holy in the shit. next year on the States. Um, what do you call a pregnant mommy? Yeah, that was, that was an adventure to read. This is like a bad Hebrew, uh, declension parsing of verbs and shit. And it's basically saying, um, you say that she's with child. Yes, with child. Because that's more, um, esteemed. Oh, they have a podcast now. Yes, they do. Ooh. Every Tuesday with Nancy. Should we do a crossover episode with them? Oh God. Can I don't we, I don't I don't Can we can we ask Nancy to debate us live? 
Oh my god. We would need so Netflix, many drugs. Do you think Netflix would stream it? <laughs> Who do I do I know anyone at Netflix? Do I know anyone at Netflix? Netflix, is this something that you would be interested in and can you provide booze and weed for said adventure? Booze, booze. <laughs> booze. Just for booze for me. <laughs> um subscription rates for all of your countries. Um I mean you know, they're not all of your countries, but... A lot of countries. This is actually kind of interesting. I feel like this is where we're going to find um, homeschoolers. So we have America, which is n- totally a country. <laughs> we have Africa, which is also totally a country. Right. Um, sure. Australia and Papua New Guinea. Canada. Continental Europe, which is subsection... Sorry. Belgium and the Netherlands. <laughs> I just hit Kieran in the head. This is what happens I talk with in my hands. It's I just, so like, good. get big. Yeah. Um, Belgium and the Netherlands, Czech Republic, Finland, Hungary, Poland, Serbia, Slovenia, Ukraine, and then back to, like, regular indentation, Malaysia, New Zealand and Pacific Islands, Singapore and Asia, except Malaysia. What? Which is, like, totally a country. But, Singapore but and they Asia. also have Malaysia... Yeah, right, because they're saying yeah, other than Malaysia. Okay. Um, South Africa, because it's not part of Africa, apparently. Um, and then <laughs> South Central America, geography. Israel, and the Middle East. And then the United Kingdom, which also includes Ireland, Iceland, and Greenland. I feel like they have feelings about that. You know, I really <laughs> I feel like think, they have some feelings. I, I, like, I didn't even realize we were going to get into this, but like, I feel like we could just do it like we a, need geog- a geography lesson, a right? Geography now. lesson with Nancy Campbell right now. So anyway, um, that's that's homeschool geography. Also, <laughs> that's homeschool geography. And if you uh, have want to see photos from this, we'll probably throw some up on here. We can do online. a scan. Or something. Can yeah. you read this horrible little poem? The poem? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm so sorry, guys. Trigger warning. This is very bad. It's very, called. Very, bad. <laughs> your home is your kingdom. And it's written by James Russell Miller. Because clearly a woman couldn't write a poem no, for this. No, 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 no. I mean, actually, some of their daughters do write music and, and stuff. Yeah. But it's important for a man to be telling this to a woman. Mm, right. Home is the true wife's kingdom. Very largely does the wife hold in her hands, as a sacred trust, the happiness and the highest good of the hearts that nestle there. In Can the... I just say, pause real fast? I think it's really important for our listeners to know that this is written in Comic Sans. Yes, and it's, also it's it is bordered by a tree. Next, tree. next best thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, the next line... <laughs> In, <laughs> I've just I've never seen this in a poem before and like I'm losing it in the last analysis home happiness depends on the wife but like who puts in the last analysis in a poem anyway that whatever. is now a challenge that I will ex- accept but I okay, will make so, it a good poem so when we do 30 and 30 one of the things is we have to use in the last analysis as the first as the line po- yeah okay okay cool anyway uh her spirit gives the home its atmosphere, her hands fashion its beauty, her heart makes its love, and in the end is so worthy, so noble, so divine, that no woman who has been called to be a wife and has listened to the call should consider any price too great to pay to be the light, the joy, the blessing, the inspiration of a home. 
all of my lit majors know that this is like repurposing Victorian propaganda about the like angel in the house. It's not even repurposing. Like it's just it's just what it is. It's less like, inspired I feel like, language. Yeah, By that, I mean the vocabulary is smaller. <laughs> right. Like it's it's less eloquent and fun to read, but like it's the same exact. It's the exact same it's idea. The same thing. Anyway, mm-hmm. there's two more bits to the this two more so stanzas. we can maybe get through. Oh God. Um, the woman who makes a sweet, beautiful home, filling it with love and prayer and purity, is doing something better than anything else her hands could find to do beneath the skies. I, I have questions. I mean, there's a whole <laughs> lot of different things that a woman can be doing. A lot of questions. <laughs> the tequila was a good idea. Yeah, um, I might need more later. Yeah, that'll, this is why we have the bottle. Mm. Uh, a true mother. We've gone from wife to mother now. There was no transition. We yeah, got. Well, we no, went no, from we've skies. Gone from woman. To, Sorry. From wife to woman to mother. Yes. Because like, they are the same. Right. Yes. They are all the same. A true mother is one of the holiest secrets of home happiness. God sends many beautiful things to this world, many noble gifts, but no blessing is richer than that which He bestows in a mother who has learned love's lessons well. And has realized something of the meaning of her sacred calling. Is is love in this case um, spanking? Because usually these I mean, things are like yeah, I, I feel interchangeable. Like, mm. mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot going on in this poem. <laughs> there's so much going there's on. There's so this much poem. happening in this poem. I don't want to really parse it. I just no. I, we're just gonna let that sit there. Yeah, we'll we'll just put a picture up. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah. We will take it. Hold on, I can. I'll take a picture and, and just and like post it now. Yeah, yeah. This is exciting. Yeah, this is this because then you can see uh, the lovely aesthetic that is also part of this poem here for our audience. Yeah, here actually, it's blurry. I'm gonna retake it. Okay. Please excuse this momentary pause and bringing things to Twitter. So cute. Also, I want to Google James Russell Miller and be like, what does your Facebook look like? Oh, my God. Your life is meaningful and your baby's life is meaningful. Now, this is where they're getting, like, fucking Calvinists. Like, I don't understand. Yeah. They need to pick their... They do. Um, let's see. A precious gift, too good to throw away. I'm, assu- I'm assuming this is all about... <clears throat> Oh, she went to work and she missed her baby, and so she oh. had to she had to uh, quit her job and go back. She because she missed her baby so much. Oh, that's so. She quit her dream dream job on the second day for her baby. Wow, because she missed him. I so that's actually a really fun segue. Yeah. All right, let's Let do me it. Pull up that. Um, that question. That yeah. Uh, so we got a we got a uh, we saw a tweet on Twitter the other day that I think um, was you know the the jumping off point for an episode that we really hadn't thought about covering um, a topic that we hadn't thought about covering that's really kind of important. Yeah. So. Um, Thanks, Emily, for giving this idea, and uh, let's jump into it. Yeah, so... Um, oh, no, this one's Sarah. Sorry. Oh, yeah. yeah there were two, we have two There's from Twitter. There's two. We have two yeah. from Twitter. So the one that we're taking on first segues into the, like, dream job for baby. 
thing, which is how how did our lives as like sister moms translate into our decision whether or not to have children, or right. does it, or does it at does all? Does it at all? I mean, yes, obviously it does. How could it not? I, I mean. I've said, I'm just like, here, I'm getting stressed. I put my hair up. This is yeah, like what this I do every thing. single time. I'm like, serious conversation. Have to think without distractions. Put my hair up. Um, I miss having a ponytail for that reason. Because, like, I would channel Joe March. <laughs> it was a really, like, it was a really uh, exciting day when my therapist discovered that was my tell. For, like, I'm getting tense. <laughs> and she was like, oh. Uh, and I was like. Yeah, my therapist has figured out when I, like, enter my body and when I leave my body now, and I'm like, rude, rude, I can't hide from you. I'm I'm the only one who's supposed to know that shit. You're not allowed to know that shit. That's my (laughs) time. But I twitch, so it's like, like, goddammit. Anyway, sister moms. Sister moms. So, um, in case you haven't, like, caught up on everything before, um, I'm the oldest of nine kids. I'm Kieran. I'm the oldest of, well, eight living, but my mom had ten full-time pregnancies, so... So, we have been present for our siblings' births. Yep. In some cases, our siblings' deaths. Yep. And we have been present for every other possible stage of child development, pregnancy, like... Raising. Like, I knew my mom was in labor with a couple of my siblings before she did. Like... Yeah, we knew she was pregnant before she did. Like we were just like so much more in tune with that. And I've like raised. I I usually say approximately five kids. Yeah, I, think I tell people I raised like seven kids. I raised my siblings. Like it's I did it. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. So that's our claim to sister mom status. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's legitimate. I I still have siblings who call me on Mother's Day. Don't tell mom that. Don't tell mom that. <laughs> she doesn't know, <laughs> but they do. So, how does that play into our decision to have kids or not? You have had a hysterectomy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that and it's played not, And it's not just massively. about gender. It's not, no. That one's not about gender No, stuff like, honestly, so like, so much of my anxiety was tied in, like, having children. The, like, well. Okay. Birth story gonna happen. <laughs> Trigger, <laughs> Trigger warning. warning. <laughs> Take a break if you need to. Take a walk around the block. We'll be here when you get back. I've had tequila. I haven't, like, talked about this a whole lot, so... Do you need more tequila before you talk about this? Maybe, like, halfway through. Okay. Yeah. Let me grab the bottle and have it in Yes. I'm, like, getting comfortable throwing yeah. my socks across so the room. Yeah, so for, like, we're going to have to backtrack a little bit. So I helped deliver... Ooh. Yeah. My baby sister... When I was 11 in 2002. The year before that, my mom had the first stillborn 10 days after 9-11. Which, hang on, let's cross cross check those dates. 10 days after 9-11, I had just finished my first period ever. And... May 2002 was when I was present for the delivery of my twin brothers. Oh, God. Okay. So. Yeah. We're, we're like Time-wise, these things are lining up pretty yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, when, we'll start with the stillborn because that was the precursor. And so, we were, like, sick with the flu during, like, the time that mom was having labor. So, we went to my grandparents' house. And then we came back. 
And there were, like, I went to see my mom, and she was sad and crying and was holding this, like, purple-blue baby that was cold and not breathing. How long had she been holding it? Was it, like, days at that point? No, no, it was, like... Within like a couple hours, okay. like it was, it was recent. So she wasn't like frozen. And yeah, okay. no, no. They had um like pretty close to immediately from what I understood called the coroner mm-hmm. and whoever it is because like which it's, like, this isn't a situation pause, where you bury pause. it. <laughs> They're calling a coroner for a child that they wouldn't have filed a birth certificate for. Correct. Just make sure yes. you know this. Yes, my thing. my dead siblings have more identification than some of my other siblings do. Like it's it's ridiculous. But that's another sidebar. Yeah, so, that's a whole that's, that's a whole, whole other thing. other issue thing. Anyway, anyway, if you are a homeschool student who doesn't have a birth certificate and you need help getting one, we can't necessarily help you, but get in touch with CRHE because we know how it has gone in the past and we can talk we can you through the point process. You, yeah. yeah. We can at least give you some ideas and tell you who because to talk to. We know you're out there. It's pretty common. Yeah. This is this is stuff that keeps me up at night and so I research it. Uh Anyway, okay. yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so stillborn coroner. happens. Coroner comes, but before like the coroner gets there, we get there. My mom, like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, we're looking at this picture of like this woman holding a child, and like, you could just like, I'm gonna just tweet, tweet this yeah. out. Okay, yeah, you. Um, yeah, so I'll continue. And so my mom really wants me to hold the dead baby, and like I had just learned about the Black Plague. So I was yeah. not having any of that shit at all. And my mom was really hurt by it. But I was also sick and also, like, still taking care of the other kids. So I just, like, noped out of that entirely. And I think my mom was still bothered by it. But um, I, like, went and I took a nap. And when I woke up, there was, like, cops all over the house. And they asked me questions. And I was like, I don't know. I just got here. I have the flu. Like, I don't I don't know what you want from me. And they were like, it's fine. Yeah. Um, and so then we had the funeral a couple days later. They give you discounts on dead babies, apparently. Um, PSA, I guess. Wait, what's the deadline? Like, if you have, like, a dead child, the funeral home, or at least the one that we had was newish, so they, were like, gave you a discount on, like, the cost of burial because they it was a baby. Discounts for dead yeah. babies. So that's that's a thing. That's so pro life. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know, Ooh. little known fact, but it it's a thing. Okay. Um and my parents used the funeral as a salvation message tool to Oh no, my friend my friend Jory's been yeah. that too. And like I, I don't want to disrespect people who are grieving a, the loss of a of a, a miscarriage, a, a wanted child. Like that's really traumatic and difficult and hard yeah. and um, but it's always, it's very macabre when it's used as a, like, and this child will go to heaven because it never had a chance to sin. Yeah. But what about you? Yeah. And Did so, you sin? Do you know? Yeah. Do you know the true exactly. you know, message of Jesus Christ? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, that's what my parents did, like, you know, 12 days after 9-11. And oh, my gosh. Like, yeah, like it was, it was like, and, and I watched that happen live. so manipulative. Because, like... 9-11 happened live, not the baby. But, like, my grandma called and was like, the tower went down, turn on the news. And so, like, we watched the news. So, like, that was all fresh. And then, like, it was just so Ooh, many of these things chills. stacked. <laughs> and there's, like, I don't know that, like, I think there's still some trauma there that I haven't processed yet that is just, like, I don't need to process you right now. It's fine. Um, 
Yes, correct. Um, so anyway, my mom has a miscarriage, and because she's not on birth control, and because she's not nursing, she gets pregnant three months later. Right. In, like, December. Right. Which can happen even if you're, you are you pre- are nursing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, as it turns out. Um, it can also sometimes happen when you're already pregnant, but that's, like, really that's, uncommon. Yeah. <laughs> that's, you should see your doctor about that for sure. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> right. So we had, like, gone to Boston that year because that's where my uh, dad's from. Mm-hmm. Or not Boston, but New Bedford. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we went to Massachusetts, and I saw snow for the first time. And it was on that trip that my mom realized that she was pregnant. Mm. And so when she got back, she was like, yo, I'm pregnant. And I was, like, shocked. Shocked, I tell you. Because, because, <laughs> because she'd been pregnant for so long. Your mom being pregnant, let's, like, make sure everybody understands. Yeah. Your mom would always get fairly sick. Yep. And you would have to run the household. Yes. So this was, like... And this was, like, the third... This was... No, this was like the second child into this, so it was still pretty new. But I was like, "Oh, okay. you already knew what you were But I all for. kind of knew, yeah. I already knew that like it meant three months with no school. It meant I was doing all of the cooking and whatever. So I was just like, hmm. "Okay," but like because I was eleven, not even. You were um, just like, "Cool new sibling, maybe best friend." Not even. I was more tired. I wasn't. I was just like tired. How long have you been tired? I don't know. It's <laughs> an excellent question. If you feel like us, you should get your thyroid checked. Yeah, that's what I should have my ther- my doctor check, among other things. Okay, so. Whatever. Yeah, so she gets pregnant almost immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then July 2002 happens, and my mom goes into labor, as we expected, and it's because, like, They've done so well the first two times, didn't need any help. The second one died, but that wasn't their fault. That was God's plan, so nothing to worry about here. It's fine. Which we should, like, really talk about that. Yeah. Like, let's yeah, we'll get into that. We will note God's plan, get there. Um, and so they were like, it's cool. We'll, we got this. We'll do it on our own. And so my mom goes into labor, and, like, my Grammy, my my dad's mom lives literally next door to our house. I could have, I would have called her if my parents had let me uh, to come over and help out, and I wanted to, but they didn't want that to happen. So my mom goes into labor, and hours and hours pass, and I'm doing my job, keeping the kids fed and occupied. We're, like, having a Disney movie marathon, and, um... My dad calls me in, and he's like, hey, I need you to get the scissors and the dental floss and bring it to me. And I was like, mm, okay, why isn't real. that this in there is already? Yeah. Uh, so I, I go, and I grab it, and I bring it in. I'm like, like I'm like, I, I walk in the first time, and I back out immediately because what I see, trigger warning, if you don't like gory stuff. Blood, gore, yeah. yeah. Ten seconds. All right. Nine, eight, <laughs> seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Okay. So I walk in my mom's bathroom. It. My mom, first of all, has like Martha Stewart standards of cleanliness. So her bathroom is white and roses, and it is pristine. 
But when I walk in there, what I see is white and, like, bright fucking red blood on the floor. And also, like, mm. poop. And, like... Yeah, of course. You know, you, like, because, shit yourself when yeah, you have a baby. If you don't thing. know this already, you will shit yourself when you have a baby. Yeah. And, so and she's, like, okay. laying down on the ground by the tub. And there's just, like, this pool of, like, body stuff that, like... I was 11. I had no idea what birth was. Oh, I had no idea. No one had told me about it. I didn't know what sex was. I didn't know what birth was. I didn't know what any of this shit was. And I walk into what all, looks like, like a massacre. You got like the farm kid experience. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, and so like when I walked in initially, I ran back out like just instinctively because I was just like, that is not, <laughs> I don't know who just died, but somebody died. And that is not what I need right now. And my dad's like, no, I need you to come back here. So I like come in and like my eyes are closed and like trying to hand him the scissors and the floss. He's like, no, I need you to do it. <gasps> and I just like stared at him for half a second. He was like, I need you to do it. And I look down and there's this like my dad holding this like baby that is very soapy looking and reddish and purple, but squirming. So not dead. So that was nice. Uh, and, and, you know, signs of life, yeah, helpful, that's good, that's good, good. Squirming last was time was not the thing, yeah, so yeah, yeah, I was yeah. worried when I saw the purple, but there was a scrunchy face and fists, and I was like, all right, that's breathing. It's normal, yeah. purple's just, yeah, you just wipe it off. Yeah, yeah, and so, you know, but I wasn't, I wasn't so prepared for, like, gunk right, that right. lived there, uh, <laughs> like, I had no idea what this was. Right. I had no idea what I was walking into. I had no preparation mm. at all. Like, I assumed that birth was like the movies where, like, there was this blanket and then suddenly a baby and it was fine. But no. <laughs> it's not. And if how you're just joining us, I know we're, we've got some people on YouTube who are joining us. And if you're just joining us, we're talking about a live birth. So, like, it's going to be gory. So just. Be yeah. Like... Um, yeah. And so I, and I, I see the, like, umbilical cord and it's it's green and gray and goopy and weird looking and uh i i'm like okay so i do that thing that i do where i just like shut down and get the fuck through the moment you're like okay my body's here yep. my brain is yep, over here yep. my brain just like left my brain's like somewhere. cool i'm gonna hang out in the treehouse see you later <laughs> and i was like all right i just have to tie this knot and cut this weird slimy thing that's half out of my mom's body and half into this baby's body it's fine Whatever. So I tie the knot. Welcome to Anatomy 101. Yeah. I cut the thing. Blood splatters on my skirt. That was my favorite skirt, and I was so upset about it. That's not fair. It was so... He should have told you to get an apron. They should have done a lot of things, honestly. I know. Like, yeah. <laughs> the apron is the last of the things. <laughs> But I was so Okay, upset. fine, fine. This is like the Taurus in me being yeah. like, you're close. I know. Who cares about yeah. your trauma? But you're close. Yeah, so I was I was like really grumpy about that. And, and I looked at my dad and I, I cut the thing. I was like, okay, can I go? And he was like, yeah, you're done. It's fine. You need to go. And I was like, okay. And I like ran out. Oh, and yeah, I was yeah, just yeah, horrified. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the kids were like, what happened? And I don't remember anything that happened after that. I was so checked out, and I just, like, I remember later my mom, like, wanting me to hold the baby and mm -hmm. do the things, and I was just like, is it clean? Like, is it still slimy? 
don't is it? I don't. I don't want to see any of that. I don't want to. Yeah. That bite. And like and like that traumatized me so like I was scared to like go back in because they called me after they had like cleaned up and were like, hey, come back, see. And so fast like, forward to you get your period for the first time and you're like, oh no, here we go again. Yeah. So yeah, when I got my period, well, after that event happened, the one thing that I, I do remember very clearly was telling myself. I need to not have my period until I'm 13. I, I can't. I, I need to not. Why? It needs to wait. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Why? Because, like, I just couldn't deal with the idea of blood happening to me for, oh, like, 13? so, so close. Because I was 11, and I needed, like, I, I felt like I needed, like, need time okay, to it. get over got that. It. But got what it. happened was, no, when I was 12, instead, I was just doing homework. School, really. Not homework. It was school. Homework doesn't exist in school, yeah. in homeschool. Yeah. So I was I was homework. sitting in, like, a tree, and it was we had this other family living with us at the time because, like, one day between – when I got my period, my mom was pregnant with yet another child. Yeah. Um, or almost pregnant. I think she was pregnant. We never really knew when these things stopped, started or stopped. My mom was pregnant for a decade straight, so, like, the three months of gap is hard to keep track of. Um, For me, it was like eight months of gap, so it's a little easier to keep track of, but not much. Yeah. So it was either like between pregnancies or like right during like the beginning of one. Um, and so I, I'm we had this woman follow us, like wind up on our doorstep. She was a homeless woman who had like lost her kids to foster care because she was uh, dealing with drug addiction and alcoholism. Um, and my parents got it in their minds that they were great at ministering okay, to homeless so people. Okay, so were, you were in a tree when this family yes. was living with you. Yeah, so they were living with us, and she had her kids there, and so her oldest daughter, who was closest to my age, was in the tree under me, and I was sitting there, and she was like, you're bleeding, and I was like, what? And she, like, points to my <laughs> pants, and I look down, and I was just like, but I don't feel anything. Because I was like, I didn't know what happened. I didn't know I what didn't was going myself. on. I didn't do anything. Yeah, like, I, I didn't sit on anything. I didn't, I didn't, like, scrape myself. I, like, I was just wearing, and I was wearing, like, light pink pants. They were my favorite pants. I, I'm just so, I have, like, this terrible, I cannot wear light things anymore. I am too traumatized. Well, no, I had a pair of, <laughs> I had a pair of, like, light-colored khaki pants, and I bled through them at, like, youth group ones. Yeah, yeah. Like, the youth group I was allowed to go to was different from the youth group I would kept talk about not being allowed to go to. There was one that was like a parents and children meeting, and right. it was like once a month at church. Yeah. It was like at one of those meetings, and I like bled through these like white corduroy pants. Yeah, great time. Yeah, I can't, I can't, like I don't even have that anymore, and I still can't get myself to wear no, like I, things. I, I'm just I, like, actually, it will just like happen. Clothes. I don't wear like clothes because of that, and also because of my dad's like weird white shirt thing, where oh, he was like, yeah. don't wear white shirts, they're so modest, and I was like. Why? And he's like, what if it gets wet? And I was just like, oh, I don't get this. This is kind of fetishy and weird. Yeah. Why are you? Mm, anyway. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, so I looked down. So when you got your period, you, got, you were very traumatized about the I was, blood. Yeah, I was already traumatized about the birth, which I knew had something to do with periods. And I didn't know entirely the relationship, yeah, right. but I knew that periods equaled blood and also that equaled blood. And also babies came after you started getting your period. 
and periods meant you could have babies. And in fact, as soon as I went into the house and was like, oh my God, mom, I didn't say, oh my God. I said, mom, what's happening? Am I dying? I don't know. I just started bleeding and I don't know what's happening. And she was like, oh my God, you're getting your period. Oh my God, that's so cool. Uh." And so I like, but you already knew what periods were. Well, I knew I knew like the concept of period. Like oh, people had like, told me of periods I'd heard, really but I didn't know. Yeah, okay, got I it. didn't know that it meant bleeding out of your vagina and <laughs> being in pain. <laughs> like I didn't know that was part so of it. My mom never like really had like bad periods. So when I started getting cramps, like she was like, "Oh, you're faking it." Like I don't understand what's going on. She's like, like no. she's later like come around and yeah. been like, "I'm so sorry, I was a horrible person." But like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now having things explained to you is really confusing. Yeah, yeah. So I like I didn't like I'd heard people talk about periods and I knew they were really I knew after you had your period you could get pregnant. And I'd already seen what birth looked like. And I was having none of that shit. I was like, no, I don't want that to happen. And so the first thing that my mom tells me when I'm telling her, terrified, worried that I'm dying because, like, I'm bleeding from my crotch and I have no idea why. She's like, oh, my God, you have your period. You can have babies now. Isn't that so exciting? And I'm like, I I don't know. I don't know what happened. All I remember is being face down on her bed sobbing while she was on the phone calling every fucking relative we had to tell them I was on my fucking period. My daughter's a woman now! That was exactly what she was saying. I was just curled up into a ball, like, mortified and horrified and sobbing because I knew that meant that, like, that thing that I saw a year ago could happen to me and there was no way I could stop it. And I felt so betrayed, and I hated myself from that day forward. Parents don't treat your kids like this so bad. And I, like, I hated my uterus so much from that day forward. And it was, like, at that moment in time that I was like, no, I don't want this. full circle on the hysterectomy story, this is why it was a big deal. This is why it was a big deal. This is why I'm getting brackets tattooed on my abdomen this summer. Nice. Nice. Blank space, baby. Yeah. So that, that, so yes, it, it did impact me in the fact that I okay, got the like, entire shit okay, removed. Okay, but would you, would you, like, if you had a partner who had kids, or if, like, your partner wanted to, like, have yeah. kids or adopt kids, would you be into that? Yeah, see, that's the thing. I'm actually, like, I've come a long way and that I'm okay with that now. Like, mm-hmm. I would be, I realized a couple years ago. Because this is, like, the, the difference between being willing to be pregnant yeah. and how being willing to be a parent are totally different. Yeah, and I realized that around the time I started taking testosterone a little bit before that I'd gotten to the point where like it wasn't raising kids that I was afraid of because I'm fine at that. I've done it for seven kids like Bring you know. It on. <laughs> <laughs> I can handle it. It was that I couldn't deal with being pregnant mm-hmm. and like I just like that couldn't be a thing. And like as soon as I had my histo, I realized that, like, I would be okay co-parenting with somebody as long as I was not the person who was primarily responsible. Like, as long as it was doing it with someone in partnership and it was not just me like it was with my siblings. Right. See, that's the the thing that gets me. uh, I'm now okay with that concept of doing it alone, but before a long time it was like, I can't do it with someone who's going to flake. I would rather do it alone or with a full-on partner Rather than having someone who's, like, right. half-assing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what's important for me is, like, I would I would be open to children and sort of, like, 
I still see my siblings as my kids, honestly, and I'm so much of my energy and like long-term goals involve being able to like have a savings account for them for if they want to start school and like be able to like help them get through the hurdles of adulthood that they're going to have to face and basically continue being a parent like I have been my entire life for my siblings because I love them. This is part of why I'm so paralyzed about like not knowing what I want to do after graduation is because I feel obligated to go back to Richmond and like be available for my siblings. Yeah. But that wouldn't necessarily be a great choice for me. No. And so that's like there's this deep, deep tension of like I feel survivor guilt. Like fundamentally yes, it comes down to same. it's survivor guilt. It's not just it's not necessarily parenting yeah. or wanting to parent, although it comes out that way. It's a it's a sense of survivor guilt of like I need to be available to like make sure you get out. Um yeah. Yeah. So for me, the idea of kids for a long time was really, truly terrifying. I used to have recurring nightmares about being Same. pregnant. Yes. Um, I was never afraid of the pregnancy and birth stuff so much. I My mom always had really easy births. Um, my mom's a nurse, and so she would have them in the hospital mm-hmm. where she'd be like, kind of strong arming the hospital, the doctors, and everyone into like letting her have a home birth in the hospital. And she would set it up really well. And it was always really impressive to me how she did that. And I was like, I could do that. There's like, mm-hmm. And, like, these births went well for her. And she was, like, recovered okay. She always had bad postpartum depression. But there are meds for that. So I was like, okay, I can do this. Um, but the parenting stuff, watching my mom flounder with, the, like, having my dad be checked out, having my dad be, like, completely self-absorbed in his own stuff, like, made me really scared. And so when I got married, I was like, I'm open to the idea of having kids. I'm open to the idea of homeschooling on a case-by-case basis. But I don't want to do it, either of those things, just for the sake of doing it. Right. And so I was asked for a break for, like, a while. It was like, I just need, like few years off of parenting. I told people 10, and then I got my histo on the ninth year. Hey! Yeah, it was so good. Good job. Yeah. I told people five. So I wanted five years to, like, do my own stuff and think and, like, figure it out. Um, I I think it was, like, three to five or something like that. But Mm -hmm. it was just, like, you know, ex-husband, like, yes, you really want kids, but, like, give me a little bit of a break. I want to just, like, work a little bit. I want to, like, cool my jets. I want to figure out who I am and what I'm doing what I want to do and um I always thought like I wanted to have a career and so he was all like sure I'll be a stay-at-home dad this is great and I was like okay cool but like if you're a stay-at-home dad I don't necessarily want to have you the being the one homeschooling them mm-hmm. um for a lot of reasons which I won't get into but good reasons and he was like adamant that he wanted to homeschool and I was like mm. no we have to do something public because I don't want you responsible for their everything I don't think I didn't think he could do it. I basically didn't think yeah. that one he had the patience to do it, and two that he um, would be able to do it thoroughly without like dropping the ball on something completely. Right. And so that's not fair. That's not fair. And I didn't want him to be overwhelmed. So I just like like I don't want kids to be in a situation where this person is getting irritated and then irate and then yelling mm-hmm. at you or whatever. And he didn't really yell, but he was vicious in other ways. So I just didn't really want to get into it. So. Um, we had a couple of pregnancy scares, and he's aggressively pro-life mm. to the point where I've, I mentioned this before. Like our anniversary was on the anniversary of Roe v. Wade, 
Oh, yeah. Which I didn't realize really until our first anniversary when he wanted to celebrate on a different day. And I was like, because he wanted to participate in the Walk for Life. And I was like, uh, no. So, um, whew, yeah. So I believe I was like pro-life, and but also like I believe in access to abortion. Like I think that's the way to be more pro-life. Yeah. And he didn't believe that. So he was very much like March for Life, like all that stuff. He would protest at the... Um, abortion clinic in our state and anyway um, so when we had pregnancy scares it would be like I missed a pill and or two and we had sex and he would be like well I don't want you to go back on the pill until you have your period so that we know that you're not pregnant because he still believed that the pill could be an abortive patient oh my god and so oh my god. I would have to go off the pill which is massive hormone changes yeah, you don't just do that, no. no. For six weeks, because that's how long oh, it would take for my, my body to clean out. Yeah. And I would have a period, and then we'd be fine. But for the six weeks, I'd be, like, but having like, nightmares just take constantly. a pregnancy test. Well, I would, but then it, like, would sometimes be false positives because of, like, uh, hormones. And, right, that's yeah. bullshit. So, it, like, I just, like, never really knew, and he was so picky about it. And I was I was, I was trying to compromise. I'm always willing to compromise. Mm-hmm. He had good reasons, and I respect them, and I disagreed with them, but I was willing to work with it. But, like, it was just very stressful because I would end up having nightmares the entire time yeah. about, like, watching him take care of a kid and, and mistreat it. Yeah. And I, and, or, or, like... Leaving me and taking the kid or, or something. Mm-hmm. And so I just like was just like a ball of stress for the six weeks. Um, which now, I should, now, now I'm thinking about it. I'm like wondering like how that coincides with like where all, all of our big fights ended up. Like if yeah. it was just like because he was doing that to me. Anyway. Um, you know, that's that's a kind of abuse in, in and of itself. It like is. Me, medical abuse mm-hmm. of a kind. Um, and so I was very relieved when we were getting divorced and not having kids where we didn't have to, like, fight over custody or parenting styles or anything. Um, But one of the things that was really upsetting to me was he, like, started pushing, like, when things got bad, he kept pushing on me saying that, like, I had deceived him and said that I didn't want kids Uh. or that I told him I wanted kids when I didn't. And I said, no, I just, I want kids or I am okay with the idea of having kids. But I really don't want to have kids in a situation where I don't feel comfortable with the other person co-parenting and how they're co-parenting. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how I feel about you, where you're at right now. Maybe let's wait right. a little bit. Maybe you'll grow it. Like, maybe I'll feel better about it. But, like, I just didn't feel good about it. Um, and part of that had to do with how he treated our cat, who mm. I still have. Um, there'd be times when she would be, like, very playful and she'd be, like, clawing at him because As cats do because he'd be like he'd rile her up she'd be like really like responsive and like playful and aggressive mm-hmm. and like she'd scratch him and he'd backhand her into the wall so oh she'd like hit the wall like five or six feet up and like slide down and I'd be like what the fuck did you just do uh, and he'd be like stop cussing me out or something oh you know like God. and I'd be like you know she hurt me so I had to make sure she knew who was passing I'm like no that's no. not how you treat animals no. and so I was like I can't have this I can't have kids with this person yeah when I saw that happen I was like I can't have kids with this person so I um this is a lot more transparent than I've ever been <laughs> in public fuck um so I 
I didn't have kids with him. And our last big fight was we'd been separated for like three or four months. Um, he like slept with someone else, was discontent, wasn't sure mm-hmm. if being divorced was what he really wanted, but he thought he was what he wanted. And he then there was this like really inspirational Mother's Day sermon at our church. Uh, and so I drove him. I was staying at his at my in-laws' house because yeah. we were still like figuring shit out. I was in their guest room, and so I drive him t- from church where we've both heard this this really like mm-hmm. inspiring sermon. According to him, I, I didn't find <laughs> it particularly moving. Um, we drive back to his folks' place so he can celebrate Mother's Day with his his mom. He was wonderful, and I love her. And. Um, and I'm dropping him off, and I'm not going to participate in the celebration. I'm going to let them have their family time. Mm-hmm. And he's like, so, you know, like, that sermon was really inspiring. I've been thinking about this, and I realized that I think I could love you if you were a mom. Oh, my God. And I'm like, immediately my first thought was, and I didn't say this, but it was like, yeah, because all you want is me to be your mom. <laughs> like, Yeah. And yeah. I was like, yeah. I was like, Oh, hell no. And he was like, don't be like that. And I was like, "Excuse be me. like what? This is a trope. I'm not doing this. Yeah. And he was like, why do you have to be like that? And he get out, gets out and slams the door and like walks inside. And that uh... was like the end of that. That was like our last fight. And I was just like, I dodged a bullet. Yeah, That was my really next did. thought. It was like, oh my God, oh my I dodged God. a bullet. And I went home and I got some like whiskey at the liquor store and, went, and yeah, that's... it was like, um, I feel like I vaguely remember that. Yeah, it was, yeah. A, it was a day. It was a day. And so I'm really relieved that, like, I didn't have kids with him. Now, I kept telling myself after that, like, because of climate change, because of trauma, because of all this stuff, I didn't feel like I could be a good parent. I don't mm-hmm. feel like this is a good world to bring kids into. And then I dated someone who had two little kids who I still really enjoy. And... um Lived with a host family that had a, a little kid uh, in, in Peace Corps and taught. And I was able to start prying apart the like the threads of how much I love kids and how much mm-hmm. that responsibility for my siblings traumatized me and like realizing I couldn't teach and not take on too much responsibility and that feels good and this is nice and I can interact with other people's kids and really have good connection with them and not feel like I'm p- trying to parent them. And then realizing like, oh, I could like – be a step parent that could work because mm-hmm. I was this guy and I were pretty serious, and so I had that like whole like re- like realization of like oh I think I could do step parenting, and then I was like I think I could do the whole thing yeah um and then there, there's a whole other story here but like there's um some reason for me to think have thought this fall about possibly um taking on someone else's kid mm-hmm. adopting it and. I, like, had, like, a couple weeks of, like, thinking through that whole thing and realizing, like, I could single parent. I could could have a kid on my own, and I feel good about that. And the reason I feel good about that is because of getting Blanche this summer. Mm -hmm. This is my puppy. She's so good. She's so good. And I miss her so much. Um, You can sometimes hear her on the podcast. Yeah, she, she like, wanders around, and, like, when I'm in uh, recording, she's always like, Mom, you're not paying enough attention to me. (laughs) She goes into the bathroom trash can and pulls out, like, tissues or face wipes. Erin has to edit out so much. (laughs) She shreds them. It's so beautiful. And she shreds them under the desk while I record. Of course. Um, And, like, I have, like, confetti everywhere. Um, But Blanche, like, watching her and, like, training her and working with her and realizing I don't have to react with anger. Mm -hmm. I don't have to hit her. 
she and I can just learn to work together. Yeah. I need to pay attention to her signals. Yeah. And it's all about better communication. And I haven't abused this dog. And I was like, and, and I job. know that's like such a like basic thing, but I was legitimately yeah. like kind of surprised that I was able to like not do it because I guess I had pathologized myself and assumed that because I come from this abusive place right. that I would just recycle it and reuse it and it would just all come out when I had a kid. And so I wasn't going to do that. And now I feel like, okay, I didn't do that to the dog. Yeah. So I can do it with a kid. Exactly. And I can, you know, and yeah. I don't think I'm ready. My career is not in a place where I can do that. I really couldn't financially stably, you know, be stable for that. But hey, you know what? You I've done enough. You. I've it's done fine. enough therapy yeah. now. I think I could have kids. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. And I, I also feel like if I don't have kids, I'll be alright. Yeah. So I feel very ambivalent, but like hopeful about it. Yeah. Yeah. Like having kids is not really a goal that like I feel like I need. Like I don't feel like I need to have kids because I feel like I have yeah. them. <laughs> but right. Exactly. At the same time, like parenting doesn't terrify me anymore like it used to and it took me about like six years of like working on myself and deconstructing everything and all of my feelings and eventually like honestly it it really went away with the histo because I was able to have one of those nightmares about being pregnant and realize in the dream oh, I, remember you I do not have the organs for it and then everything was fine I was like oh no, it's fine. Okay, I can just... It's fine. Like, I'm good with kids because I treat them like human beings because they are. Like, Basic shit. I know. I'm like, so it's fine. I would be I would be fine co-parenting and I would be fine doing that. I just can't carry it. And now I can't. And, and that's you nice. Can't bleed out. So you good. can't bleed I out can't. in a bathroom. I can't bleed out. It's so nice. I mean, I can bleed out, but if not, I bleed not out, that way, it's not like that way. for right. actually dying right. and not like, this is normal. Hey, you know what? People actually die in childbirth. Take it seriously. Oh, my God. No, like, my okay, mom, my <laughs> mom worshipped a woman who that happened to almost twice. And, like, she's still alive as far as I know. But, like, she mm. hemorrhaged. And my mom was like, oh, my God, she's so amazing and such a godly woman. And I was like, if you do that, I will murder you. No. Like, you cannot... Please do not idolize someone who was like, no, it's fine. I'll just have more kids after the doctor telling the next one could kill me. And I'm like, no, stop. If you're doing that, that's not faith. Stop. It's a death wish. You're depressed. God has already told you not to do it. Why didn't you listen? Oh, my God. It's like the story of, like, the man who's, like, in a flood, and he's, like, climbs up on the roof, and he's like, God, save me. And he's, like, praying. And, like, a man in a boat comes by, and he's like, hey, you want to get in? And he's like, no, God's going to save me. And, like, another man in a boat. My parents do that kind of bullshit. (laughs) Another man in a boat comes by, and he's like, no, it's okay. You keep going. God will save me. And a guy in a helicopter comes by, and he's like, no, it's okay. God will save me. And then he dies and gets to heaven and God's like what the fuck I said I said three things all of those all of those opportunities if you're uh, you know if, if your doctor's like hey show you shouldn't have any more kids and yeah, he's like that's, okay that's, God will save me yeah so my mom looked at her as like an example and like she's a, a nice kind woman but like oh my god no please no. that's not a moral pattern to no repeat. no and like this is one of those things that i keep coming back to in therapy when i'm like my mom is suicidal or was like my mom did not want to live my mom has untreated depression see, your mom wanted to die in childbirth so she could be a saint yeah 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 you can't see me but i'm nodding yes 
this is this is how this is the conclusion that I've kind of come to, especially because my parents are the very kind of end times is the best for just living to die kind of people. Like, right, right, right. There's so much suffering is great because that is just you, like glorifying death. Will be like tomorrow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My parents are like, no, like we shouldn't try to be happy. We should be miserable because like that makes us more holy, and we should be living for the kingdom of God and not this earth. And I'm okay, like, okay, so let's like a seg from that. <sighs> yeah, be happy, kingdom of heaven. Yeah. Um. We're going to record this episode in two parts because this is pretty long. This is long. So if you're watching this live, you're going to get to see all the behind the scenes Yes, but this will be two episodes. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.